We knew the offensive line was bad on Saturday, but wait till you hear these numbers. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked on Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on College for $20 off your first purchase. Travis Brown put out some interesting stats that really bring it to light just how bad the offensive line was on Saturday. And the funny thing about this, these stats is, frankly, you know, you knew the offensive line was bad watching the game, but then you see these numbers and you're like, wow, this is rough. This is really rough. So, I mean, let's run through some of these stats and talk about what it means. How can you fix these problems? What can you do for the rest of the season? Um, the only, only grade... PFF grade from the offensive line that was fine, which was a 72.6 from Mark Naboo. That's not a bad, that's a pretty good grade, actually. So you can't sit here and knock him a ton. But listen to the last the rest of these grades. Listen to these. Trey Zoon, 55.4. Layden Robinson, 40.6. Bryce Foster, 31.2. Demetrius Crownover, 39.7. Chase Basantis, 17.0. Point four. Seventeen point four is a number that I don't think I have ever in my life seen a PFF grade at 17.4. I mean, that is really bad. So, you know, I look at this and I just kind of wonder to myself, you know, what what, what are the problems? What are the solutions? Um, and then this is the other one. Every starting offensive lineman allowed a sack. And then the most pressures were allowed by Chase Passant to six, Bryce Foster four, Trey Zoon four. So let's just – we'll break this down. Let's talk about some of the concerns here, some of the thoughts here. Why, why is some of this happening? What's going on? Well, first thing is this. the We've talked about – first of all, Bryce Foster has been great this season great the numbers on Bryce Foster are incredible this game he did not play well I mean the four pressures a lot of sack a lot of few I mean he, he did not play well he did not grade out well this was not a good game from the Aggies center I mean this was really bad so uh, you know I was kind of expecting more from Foster one of the leaders of this offensive line he's a center he you know he's the guy that um, is making the calls and doing all this stuff. And, you know, that that you hate seeing a game like that from him. But I think the first thing we need to talk about is with Chase Basantis. We need to remember this. Do not give up on this young man, okay? True freshman. We talked about this, which is why I was so surprised that he's getting as much run and as much playing time as he has is because 
We talked about how difficult it is to come into an SEC program and start as a true freshman on the offensive line. I mean, that is not an easy ask, ladies and gentlemen. That is not an easy ask. Now, I mean, are we making excuses for him? No. I mean, here's the deal. He played a bad game. You know, it was not a good game from Masantis. But I am not concerned about him long term. I think he's going to be great. You got to remember all the talent, offensive line wise, that is coming in to this upcoming recruiting class. There is so much talented offensive line play coming in. So when you add, you know, Basantos will be a sophomore. You got some other young, talented offensive linemen currently on the roster um, to, that you're going to add to the mix with these other young, talented guys coming in next year. There's so much talented offensive line. There is so much offensive line talent on this roster, top to bottom. Seeing a rough game like this from Basantis, and like I said, the whole offensive line played bad. Obviously, statistically, Basantis was the worst, but the point here is don't lose faith in him. Don't lose faith in what he's going to bring to the table because he is still a true freshman. It is not easy to come in and play immediately like he did. Um, I think this also puts into perspective just the kind of pressure Max was under, it did seem like every throw he made, he got the ball out just in time before he got absolutely hammered. And then there were a few plays where he did just flat out get hammered um, and got taken down for a sack. So, you know, um, Max Johnson, I know there were some throws he would have liked back in this ball game. There were some throws that us Aggie fans would have liked him to have back. But... I mean, the dude was under pressure the entire football game. I um, I feel I feel bad for him. You know, I I, I do. I I get how, um, you know, it, it's 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 hard to make these decisions. It's hard to play quarterback in a clean pocket. You know, you still have to make the right decision. You still have to find the open receivers. Playing quarterback in a pocket where the opponent is living in your backfield is really difficult. And I thought Max Johnson still made a lot of high-quality throws, made a lot of high-quality decisions, made a few poor decisions. So I don't, you know, I think seeing these numbers takes a little heat off of Max Johnson. And I was never, at no point was I saying he was awful, blame him, this is his fault. That interception I wasn't a fan of. But I think looking at this, um, looking at these numbers, it kind of makes me, like lean back and go, you know, I think Max did just about as good as you could do based on the constant, constant pressure he was under this entire game. So this offensive line is concerning. This is definitely concerning. Uh, I mean, we talked about Auburn was a team that had basically zero pass rush. Arkansas, a little bit. They're fine, but they're, they're not Alabama. And then, you know, who else they aren't? Tennessee. We'll talk about Tennessee's numbers getting after the passer here in segment two, but it's not getting any easier for this Texas A&M football team when it comes to um, talented opposing pass rushes. So this offensive line's got to clean it up. This offensive line has to be better. It's going to be hard to win football games if your quarterback is, is staring at the sky the whole game because he's being sacked 10 times a game. You have to protect them. I was I was happy with this offensive line early into the year. 
was so a lot. Obviously, I thought they could have improved on, but they were getting the job done. They did not get the job done in this ball game, and it was one of the big reasons that cost the, the Aggies in this football game. So, offensive line has got to be better. Have to be better. This is the other stat from Travis Brown. This is another interesting one. So, seven of Jermaine Burton's twelve targets were defended by Josh DeBerry, which included five of nine receptions that were accounted for that accounted for 145 yards. DeBerry finished with a 49.5 coverage grade in this game per PFF. We talked about that coverage grade yesterday. That is what you can't, you know, when you're talking about a corner, you you want the coverage grade to be good. You can get away with a low tackle grade and this stuff. And and because normally that means helping in the run more than helping in what you're doing. A low coverage grade, you can't get away with. That means that you are just getting burnt the entire game. And that's what we saw from Josh DeBerry in this game, which I hate it because, I mean, he he had some good plays. He's playing hard football. He just got beat on Saturday. And you hate to see that, but it's just the reality of what happened. Um, So the next most targets in coverage was Tariq Chappelle, too, and um, – it was two receptions on three targets for 22 yards. Burton's touchdowns were credited to Chappelle and Deuce Harmon in coverage. So that's a rather interesting uh, stat from Travis Brown. He does some good work. Go check him out. He's awesome. A lot of great work from him. But so a lot of negative stats from this Texas a football team against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, you know, uh, hearing like SEC Mike talk about this game, he uh, dressed up as a clown, you know, in talking about being frustrated with Coach Fisher, which was a little funny. But there was a lot to be frustrated about in that ball game if you're a Texas a fan. I mean, there's just so many things that could have gone a different way. With penalties and turnovers, it really felt like Alabama did everything they could to try and hand you that ball game, and you couldn't take it from them, and that is really frustrating. So – Offensive line, secondary play has got to be better going forward because your schedule is not getting any easier. We're going to talk about why we need to stay behind this team, why we have to, and look at some different numbers from Tennessee coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize picks is the most fun way to do fantasy football. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, fantasy football right now is not going great for me. Haven't had the best year. Very unlike me. Very unlike me. Haven't Austin Eckler injuries have hurt, a Nick Chubb injury hurt. What do I do to combat a rough fantasy football year? Prize picks. I love prize picks. It is so fun to use. I love how you the way this works. Um, you take a player, so uh, I'm record, you know, I, I record the day before. So today is Monday. Tonight's Monday Night Football. The Raiders are taking on the Packers. So time y'all are watching this, you'll know the winner of this game. But you can bet anything. You can bet um, Romeo Dubes over 62 receiving yards. You can bet A.J. Dillon, Jordan Love. You can bet prop bets on these num- on these numbers. I highly recommend checking out prize picks it is a ton of fun go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars 
We have another friend that we got to talk about right here, and that is Game Time. Game Time is the best place to get your uh, tickets, last-minute tickets. I absolutely love the Game Time app. I use it to get all of my tickets to every sporting event I ever attend. I like to go to baseball games. I go often. When I do, I always use Game Time because they offer you the best deals, last-minute tickets. They always make sure you're covered with the best deals. Last minute, I highly recommend checking out Game Time. They beat all the competition when you get your tickets. And everything, too. It's not just sports. It's comedy. It's concerts. You've got to check out the Game Time app. They do everything. You've got to go check them out. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D. O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So, this is another conversation that I want to have, and I want this to be a back-and-forth conversation. So, um, all y'all every day that are sitting here listening to the show, let me know in the comments, hey, um, what do you think? Let me know in the comments what you think on this take. and where, where, where I want to hear your thoughts. So, I, I, we this is part of. So we're not going to have this conversation. We're going to have this conversation without having this conversation. But it's one that's already becoming, um, you know, a, a hot topic. But is the the hot seat conversation? We're not going to really have the hot seat conversation. I think that, you know, I saw someone tweet this, and it's a good point. I said if the standard is is losing Alabama as a fireball offense, then, then we've, you know, moved on to a different level of college football. But, um, so that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is why I think this fan base needs to stay behind this football team big time. Okay. Hear me out on this. This is a season we've talked about next year. Okay. Next year, the schedule is going to shape up really nice for the Aggies. The schedule is really nice. You have all of your difficult games really at home. It's a schedule that I think the Aggies can can do well in. I think next year there there's a lot of things to be excited about. Partial part of the reason why is because all the talent that we're already seeing look great, Connor Wigman, Walter Nolan, all these players that you know, obviously Wigman's down with the injury, but all these players that we were hoping would take that sophomore leap have imagine the junior leap is kind of my whole argument next year is going to be something special potentially. And I'm telling you this right now, there's two ways you can look at the rest of this season. If you're a fan, you know, if you're, you can, you're going to want the Aggies to do well, win two three against Tennessee, Ole Miss and LSU, obviously take care of business against Mississippi state. And South Carolina finished the year eight and four, nine and three, win your ball game, live to play another day, and get ready to go for the 2024 season. Then you can be the guy or, or the person who's like, oh, well, let's just lose all these games and get a new coach and start this thing over. I don't want that. And here's my reason why. Look at this recruiting class. Now, I get you could argue, you could say, well, we have good recruiting class every year. You have a great recruiting class, you have an easy 2024 schedule. You're going to have your starting quarterback coming back. You're going to have all of that 2022 talent in their third year ready to play some really good football. 
it just and I said this before the year. This has not changed now that we've lost a couple games. This was my take before the season starts, and it stands to now. I think 2024 is your is your season. 2024 is your real opportunity to make a run at this thing. So, you know, I, I just I look at these numbers and I, I mean I look at all this and I just say 2024 is it. That's why you got to stay behind this team. Listen. If this goes bad, if you lose to Tennessee on Saturday and then, oh, somehow you drop one to Mississippi State or South Carolina, and then you, I mean, and this thing just goes really south really fast, you're going to lose players into the portal. If, if Coach Fisher gets fired, you're going to lose all this talent to the portal, and you're going to lose probably 60, 70, 80% of this talent committed in the 2024 class. I mean, you are going to be in serious trouble fielding a competitive team next year in a season that, can really be special. I get it. I get the frustration with Coach Fisher. I get people say, we don't think he can win the big game. We don't think he's ever going to do anything with all this talent. If you feel that way, I get it. I mean, I, I, it's hard to not feel that way. I really do get that take. It's not a bad take. I think it's a solid, solid take. My point here is this. I just think if you pull the trigger on this and you fire him, you're going to lose all that. Coach Petrino has proven he can he can do this. Coach Durkin has proven that he can put together a really good game plan. Coach Fisher has proven that he can win with his football team. Next year, I think, is the window for the Texas A&M Aggies. You've got to keep everybody around for next year. Then if next year goes bad, on board, I am all cool with it. Start the conversation, start the buyout talks. I'm cool with all of it. But I think that next year could be incredibly special. And like I said, I've said that for a long time. That is not just a new take I've created. I've had that for for months and months and months. So that's why we have to stay behind this team because this team finishing 9-3, and winning a bowl game, is a much better, and Coach Fisher being around for another year, is a much better outcome than this team tanking the rest of the year, Coach Fisher getting let go, paying that massive buyout, and then trying to field a competent team next year because it's going to be difficult. So that is why you got to stay behind this team and you got to stay behind this coaching staff, in my opinion. If you disagree with me on that, let me know in the comments. I get it. Like, truly, if you disagree with that take, you aren't going to hurt my feelings because I get it. I know that's going to be split down the middle 50-50. So let me know in the comments y'all's thoughts on that take. A couple things I want to talk about with Tennessee. Um, They create a lot of sacks and they don't allow a lot of sacks. This Tennessee team is good in the trenches. They are good in the trenches. They have so they the last week was Tennessee's bye week. So they've they've won or I'm sorry, they've played five games. They have 22 sacks, which is one of the best numbers based on sacks per game in college football. They're right up there with Texas AM, but Texas AM's played that extra game to where the the sacks per game is is, is even. Um so that is obviously concerning, knowing what we just discussed with this offensive line, what we just discussed with this, um, what we ju- just discussed with this offense. This Tennessee team is going to get pressure. So you have one week to get the issues figured out. You have one week to get on tape, watch the tape, and say, okay, what went wrong against Alabama that they got all this pressure on us all game long? You've got to make sure that you are getting that you are you keeping Max Johnson safe, especially at Neyland under the light. Well, it won't be under the lights. It's, it's uh, no, there won't be under the lights. But at Neyland, in a game that you know that crowd's going to be rowdy, you can not afford 
to have Max Johnson be on his back the whole game. That will just make this crowd louder and louder and louder. This is going to be a tough game atmosphere-wise. You have got to make sure that you are keeping this um, that you are keeping this Tennessee team out of the backfield and keeping Max Johnson upright. So, um, Milton. So it's funny. Milton passing yards wise is not quite where I imagined it to be at this point in the season. He's actually you know one bottom half passing yards in the SEC. They ran the ball well against uh, South Carolina before their bye week. Forty carries for two hundred and thirty eight yards and three touchdowns. That's six yards a carry. So. This Tennessee team, and we'll break down this game more throughout the week. I'm actually getting ready to go on a show to um, talk about the Tennessee game. So we'll learn a little bit more about this Tennessee team coming up and be able to discuss that throughout the rest of the week. But what I've learned, quick hit, looking at stats, looking at numbers, Milton, you know, passing yards, he's going he's gonna to throw for two, 210, 220, 230. You don't want to let this be the game he throws for 375. That's my first thought, you know. Let him throw his average 220, 230. Don't let this be the game where he goes crazy on you. They run the ball well. You got to stop the run. You have all season long. Continue to do that in this game. Um, they're going to get pressure on you. You have the offensive line has got to be better. And their offensive line has been good this year. You have to once again find a way to get to Milton so he isn't able to exploit this Texan and secondary that had another rough game against Alabama last Saturday. So that is quick hitter thoughts on this Tennessee team. We're going to learn more about this team and discuss it throughout the week right here on Locked on Aggies. But I want to discuss why this game is so important, and I think you could even argue that it's a must win. We'll discuss all that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Jace. Medical. Jace Medical is one of the most interesting products that I've seen in a long time. You know, when they first became a sponsor of the show, did more research on the product, they sent me the product. It was it's really interesting to see how it works. And they offer two things: they offer the Jace case and they offer Jace Daily. The Jace case sends you a handful of antibiotics that are going to keep you safe, keep you healthy in a situation, whether it's just around the house, whether it's in a natural disaster, whether you're on a fishing trip and your boat runs out uh, and you're, you run out of gas in your boat and you need to have all this stuff. It's, just, it, 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 it's something that's going to keep you safe in a sticky situation. Jace Daily is another cool thing they offer, which is where you can basically have a year's supply of your everyday medicines in case of an emergency, in case of you need them, you don't have them. It's just it's an interesting product that came about during the pandemic that is just here to help people keep families safe, keep people healthy. It's an all-around smart product. Go check out their website, go check out their products. I highly recommend, you know, having one of these Jace cases, having Jace Daily for your family. I highly recommend going to check this out. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you will not regret it. So, a couple quick hitter facts on this Tennessee team on this football game and why this game is so important to me. So, the Aggies open as three-point dogs in this game. Makes sense. Road game. I was not expecting the Aggies to be favored in this game. Um, 
I have a feeling if I had to guess, I have a feeling that line might actually move more in Tennessee's favor just based on the fact that it's a home game. That atmosphere is crazy. We all know that. Uh, ESPN FPI gives the Aggies a 43.2% chance to win this game. That's been right around where it has been the whole year. Uh, to start the season, I think it was actually it, it's gotten better in favor of the Aggies, but still, you know, obviously FBI really values home field advantage. And so knowing how much they value home field advantage, the fact that they still have Texas AM as a give them a 43.2% chance to win this game makes you feel like they really do have a shot to win this one. Um, and then so you have to get to eight wins, have to get to eight wins. There is no you have to. You have to get to eight wins this year. Look through the schedule. You got Tennessee. Then you got your bye week. Then you got South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Abilene Christian, and LSU. So let's think about this like this. If you let's say you take care, you, you take care of business against South Carolina at home, Mississippi State at home, and Abilene Christian. That gives you seven wins. Seven wins. You have to go one and three, potentially two and three, in my opinion, in the Tennessee, LSU, and Ole Miss games. You you know, eight and four people are gonna. I don't think people are gonna be happy with. I get that, and that's fair. Nine and three is possible. I think I still. I mean, as much as Texas has shot themselves in the foot, played bad at times, made bad decisions, I still believe that that. That nine and three is on the table for this team. I know some might disagree. I mean, all it takes is taking taking care of business in the games you're supposed to, and winning two of these games uh, against Tennessee, LSU, and Ole Miss. Now the problem is these are three road games against ranked teams. It's not going to be easy. I um, I'm still a believer in this Texas A&M football team. I know I, I get why people are are hesitant. I get why after what we saw last week. I mean, it's frustrating a game that you could argue. I mean, Alabama tried to give to you and you wouldn't take it. That's frustrating, but this team is can play with anybody. They will play with anybody. So I think that if they find a way to hang with these teams on the road, find a way to beat Tennessee, um, I just I feel like it's a must win. I feel like I feel like Ole Miss and LSU. I, I think that environment wise, Tennessee is going to be worse than Ole Miss. But I think the Ole Miss is a better football team than Tennessee, and I think that LSU is a little bit better football team than than Tennessee. Frankly, that's so t- toss up. But I just feel like you got to win this football game if you if if nine wins is still on the table. If you lose this game, then I think you stick to we got to get to eight wins. But if you win this game, nine wins is still on the table. But it's going to take a couple big time road victories. We'll break down this game more this week. We'll have a lot of we have a lot of fun coming up this week on Lockdown Aggies. Break down this Tennessee game. Uh, the Aggies have their bye week coming up. That'll be good for the team. But th- the best thing we need right now is to get a big win over the Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you so much for tuning in every single day. I really appreciate it, all you everydayers that are here commenting um, every day. I appreciate it. All y'all have a great rest of your day today, and we will see you tomorrow.